Hi, friends. Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. On this podcast, we introduce you to the women of Christ Chapel Bible Church. We share our stories to encourage and equip each other to live out our faith in Jesus. We are so glad you're here. Anxiety is a topic that hits close to home for many of us, and it certainly has for me. So I joined Cassie Moore and Camille Adams to discuss our experiences in this first of our two episodes on anxiety. We share a realistic look at the pain of anxiety, the tools we use to fight it, and the God who never leaves us. Here's our conversation. I'm Camille Adams, and today I'll be chatting with my friends Kathy Harrelson and Cassie Moore about anxiety. As I've been thinking and praying about this topic, I couldn't help but notice that so many of the women that I get to talk with often um, have been really impacted by anxiety, and more so in so many different ways. So I'm really glad that we get to talk about this today because I think anxiety, in whatever form it takes, can be really difficult to talk about in day-to-day conversation. And I know for me, a genuine gospel-centered conversation is just what I need in order to bring in some hope and encouragement when I'm really struggling. And I want to preface this conversation by recognizing that anxiety is incredibly nuanced, and everyone's experiences with anxiety might look different. So today, Kathy, Cassie, and I will be talking through our specific stories regarding anxiety, and then we'll have another episode sharing about a more generalized approach to anxiety as well. So um, Kathy, may I start with you and have you share a little bit about what anxiety has looked like and felt like in your life? Thanks, Camille. I have experienced anxiety, and I've experienced it in a variety of different ways, sometimes perhaps more mild or moderate. But when you ask about anxiety and how it has impacted me, I have to admit that there have been many years, even decades, which it has been extreme. I had this image in my head of waking up. I remember the comforter that was on my bed. And there's that first two to three seconds when you wake up in the morning and that sense of kind of peace or where am I? And that would be the only peace or calm I had in my day because Mm -hmm. I would just be hit with this wall of anxiety and I would know it's going to be miserable and devastating for the whole day. Mm. In fact, at the end of my freshman year in college, I um, finally heard the phrase obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD, and found out that that's what I'd been struggling with for years, but just didn't know about it. It wasn't something incredibly well known or popular at the time. In fact, We had to travel from the capital city in which we lived in the state in which I lived in to go a few hours away to kind of try to keep some treatment. And even with that, it may have helped a little, but it really didn't help an immense amount. And so the anxiety was constant for me. Mm -hmm. For maybe a week, I cried hysterically and didn't leave my house and then learned to get up and do things. And even in some ways excelled, graduated college with honors, but it was always there. And so I was 
where I was, but I wasn't totally where I was because underneath was misery. And with OCD, one of the things that people talk about is some of the rituals that people perform as a part of OCD. But for me, while that was a part of it, it was the intrusive thoughts and images that were the most frightening for me or just one of the components that was really frightening. And I would just have, it wasn't things I'd seen or looked at before, but just intrusive images that would come into my head that were just nightmares and I couldn't Mm -hmm. make them stop and I didn't know why they were there. And so for me, it was years of fighting, years of battling. And I still now without, if I don't handle my anxiety well, I can Mm -hmm. certainly spiral. But when you say the word anxiety to me, I think about how um, terrorizing and hard and constant for me it was, even um, with getting treatment from experts. I mean, the place that I got treatment from um, hosted a major anxiety disorder conference, and they asked me to be in the green room. So I'm the one that Time Magazine interviewed and took a photo of or did TV News Health Spot. So it wasn't that I didn't have uh, people trying to help me, Mm -hmm. but even with that, it was really constant and really hard. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that, Kathy. Um, I know that's a difficult struggle. Um, Cassie, do you mind sharing with us what anxiety has looked like for you in your life? Oh, yes. So exciting to discuss this. (laughs) Um, For me, it's been more cyclical. So uh, definitely a more of a um, hormonal, and that's something that, you know, I have learned and it is, can, you know, is a fact that it can be a, a cyclical thing. Mm. So for me, it was sixth grade and then it was right out of um, college mm. is when it got real bad as well. So um, praise God it was cyclical because I'm not sure how long <laughs> yeah. you can you can hold on there, but um, that's kind of... So far, yeah, that that would be my story right now. Mm-hmm. Coming and going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For me, anxiety has been um, kind of a more under the surface thing for me, but mine ties in a little bit more with depression. Mm-hmm. And so for me, anxiety has looked a little bit like in those major life changes or when I mm-hmm. feel like I'm losing the thin veil of control that I try and hold over things, um, I tend to dip into a depressive state. And so um, hearing your stories is encouraging to me because not only does it look different, um, but also the way I think that the Lord can meet us in those moments will also look Mm -hmm. very different um, because I know that He cares so deeply for each of us Mm -hmm. in the way that He created us. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is, I'm so sad that we all have to share these stories about how we've struggled (laughs) with this. Um, I know that um, a lot of times... As uh, women who trust Jesus, that we are pushed to um, to run to the Lord in prayer and run to Scripture, mm-hmm. and I do want to talk about that. But I know that sometimes anxiety can make running to Scripture and running to prayer a little bit challenging, um, and it can sometimes become an obstacle for mm-hmm. us. Um, so are there any ways that anxiety has impacted Scripture and prayer for you all, um, and how have you learned to handle that? Mm-hmm. Well, oh, for me, I, I think back when I was real anxious and I couldn't really get in the Bible mm-hmm. um, ter- terribly too much, which was um, hard for me but because I very much wanted to uh, do what was right in my mind, get that spiritual guidance and peace. But it was so funny 
Camille, because I would. I would open the Bible <laughs> and I would get so much peace mm. that I would fall asleep on my Bible. And that was for about a year. Oh so God. like I didn't actually get to get deep in the word for about mm-hmm. a, for about a for about a year. Wow. Um and I laugh now because I never felt condemned. Mm. I always felt grace. It was almost like, well, if I could just drool on these words, <laughs> it's better than nothing. And that he did give me such physical peace when I opened the Bible that anxiety is a, is a fight or flight. Mm-hmm. So your adrenal glands are pumping and you don't have anything to fight and you don't have anything to flee from. Mm. So you're in a constant state of kind of angst. So if you're fighting that for long periods of time and you do get peace, you basically look like a narc. So you, you just fall asleep <laughs> immediately. Yeah. So I left lots of drool stains on my Bible for a year, and I look back at it, and it is a very unique way to see that, yes, He wants us to come to Him. Yes, He wants us to do that. But sometimes, even physically, the Bible, just in your presence, can be such a peace. Mm. But then for Him to say, and I'm going to take it one step further, Cassie, you're not going to feel bad about mm. no <laughs> scripture yeah. for a while. You're just, I'm not going to even let you feel guilty or mm-hmm. like it's, it was remarkable. So it was so neat how that happened. I did supplement any spiritual growth that I needed by going to women's small groups mm. or women in the word mm-hmm. in the evenings, because that is when my adrenal gland was finally depleted for the day, Mm. and I would have the most amount of peace in the evenings. But I was still so exhausted that I couldn't necessarily open it up and read it, but I could sit with people, Mm -hmm. and I could laugh, and I could eat cookies Mm -hmm. when I wasn't eating much during the day. I I remember being like, oh, there it is. There's that appetite. Yes. (laughs) And I would have whatever snacks are around me, and the women, and and the laughter. And it was just... That was a great reprieve for, for me. But mm-hmm. if you were to say, where did you run to Scripture? I said, I certainly did. And then I just fell asleep. Yeah. And then I think, well, I tried. And he was so gracious in that. Mm, I love that. I filled it with other things. Yeah. When I said, I've gotta, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to a small group. And there's times where you can't if you're physically mm-hmm. in too much angst. Yeah. But for me, my nights, because of the chemistry of your body, mm-hmm. I was able, my adrenaline, your adrenal gland was lower. So I was able to actually go to things and function better at at nighttime. Then the morning would come and it, there it was again. Right back in. (laughs) Yeah. I will say that I love that you asked that question, Camille. And I love that you started this by saying we have different responses Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. anxiety or different experiences. Because for me, I thought that, okay, I'm going through this really hard time, I'll just turn to God or scripture Mm -hmm. or prayer, and it will magically and immediately be okay. Mm. And don't get me wrong, I love scripture and prayer, can't imagine my life without them, but it wasn't easy for me. In fact, I thought, or there's a part of OCD, it's actually called religious scrupulosity, where specifically religious things are tied in with your OCD, and that was mine. Mm -hmm. In fact, some people call OCD the doubting disease, which is a really challenging 
experience when you're trying to live a life of faith. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the doubt and the what ifs and the mm-hmm. is this okay or constant. Am I a believer? So, yeah. Am I a believer? Yeah. Did I really believe when I asked him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would, just like you said, I'd read something in the scripture and I'd want to cling to it and I'd want to rightly understand it, but my brain would take this little piece of the puzzle and think, you're an enemy of God or God hates you or you're not saved. And it would run off. And it was this mm. fight to, okay, here's the context. Here's what scripture's really saying. It wasn't easy for me to rest in that. Or mm-hmm. prayer was hard because you would have thoughts and images and things fly through your head and yet you're supposed to be quiet and talking to the Lord. And I would think, well, what is that? <laughs> why is this going on? And did I pray this right? Or why is this yes. happening? It was this mm-hmm. constant over-evaluation. And so, but yet I knew I was commanded to pray and wanted to pray. And so there was this fight of sometimes I would just either write a prayer down or just say something out loud and say, God, I, I know I'm panicked and I, I know I'm probably going to panic after I, for, after I say amen, but I'm going to mm-hmm. ask you out loud for this and just try to leave it with you and walk away right. and go proactively do something else. Because I didn't right. want to not go to the scripture and prayer because mm-hmm. that was where my hope was. Right. But yet it was this fight and battle and sometimes I failed at it. And sometimes... I, by God's grace, mm-hmm. was able to do it okay. But I love that you asked that question because I thought for so long that the things that God had given us in his word would just be magically easy for me to apply and mm-hmm. immediately make it feel mm-hmm. okay. And that wasn't my story. I right. kind of had to fight with God's help for mm-hmm. the benefit of them. And it was really hard sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know for me, um, I went in with the expectation that like, oh, if I... Like you said, if I pray this, if I read this, if mm-hmm. I if I spend like five more minutes in mm-hmm. prayer, if I spend if I read one more chapter, then it's really going to sink in, and I will feel better, or I can convince my body to react in a different way than it has for the last two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, that's just me trying again to control the situation and dig myself further into that that hole. Um, one thing that was helpful for me, um, in some of my darker moments was really to have even just a piece of paper that mm-hmm. I had I had taken the time to write out scripture. I did that too. And yeah. have it like in my pocket. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just to mm-hmm. touch like a tangible, like this is a thing that I can run to. I don't have to go far. Mm-hmm. If I can't get out of my bed, I know yeah. it's right there. I yep. can touch it. Um and so that was one of the ways that the Lord drew me back to him in those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate how you talked about the the actual physically having something, because for me, I, again, I mentioned for a long time, tried different treatments and it didn't help much. And I reached a point of, I've got to memorize scripture or just roll over and die. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know what else to do. So I literally went to a copier mm-hmm. and copied like pages out of my Bible and taped them to index cards and carried them around with me in my purse and mm-hmm. just constantly memorize scripture. I memorized the whole book of Philippians in three weeks because my brain was so desperate and I needed Mm -hmm. something I could cling to that Mm -hmm. I could trust, Mm -hmm. something that wasn't going anywhere. And it didn't make anything magically better. It didn't necessarily make your body rest, but it it did actually make your mind go to something different. It went to something healthy and it went to something that could help me fight what was going on. And I am not convinced I'd be alive without the Bible. I mean, mm-hmm. I even at times slept with the Bible in my bed because I thought yeah. on the chest next to me is not close enough. Mm-hmm. And so on the one hand, scripture and prayer were hard. And on the other hand, like I can't 
fathom where I'd be without them. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think also for me, I'm a, I'm a checklist kind of a person, no shock there. Um, but I like the times when I have gone to prayer and like, okay, I'm going to write it all down and I'm going to get it out of my head and I'm going to put it on this paper and I'm going to pray over it. Sometimes that really wasn't beneficial for me. And I hate to say prayer wasn't beneficial for me. Prayer should be beneficial for all of us and it should be honoring to the Lord. But it wasn't on, in those moments, it wasn't honoring to the Lord. It was all about me trying to get things, mm-hmm. these things out. Um, so sometimes when I struggle with prayer, um, it helps me to pray about something that is not my anxiety or my anxious thought right. or mm-hmm. right. me. Um, mm-hmm. But really being able to engage the Lord in prayer that reflects back His character or prayer for somebody else. Um, and I love that He allows us to come to Him in those moments, and He hears us, uh-huh. and it, He desires to hear us in those moments. And I will say that He was the only one that could fully understand what I was going mm-hmm. through. And it's sometimes hard to talk about or explain. And with the Lord, like He knows, even in those moments when I don't know how to communicate about it, and when something is hard, and I had loads of wonderful people in my life, but sometimes it's a lot to handle and a lot to share. And sometimes it's hard for people, but it was Mm -hmm. never too hard for the Lord. Mm -hmm. Like I could always Mm -hmm. say it to him and he Mm -hmm. knew, he understood. He was so compassionate Mm -hmm. and patient with me. Mm -hmm. And I am so incredibly grateful for his constant presence, Mm -hmm. even though I might've felt at times like things were crazy. Like he was always there and I just treasure that. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Are there any ways, I know we've been talking about how this has really been difficult and I certainly don't want to minimize that, but even though it has been difficult, um, have you seen the Lord use scripture or worship or prayer to comfort you in those days or even maybe like weeks, months, years later? Mm. How have you seen the Lord really use those things for, for good? I mean, my whole life, my Mm. whole life. I just, I'm so grateful to him. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's hard to to take a step back and think, I like that. It's, this is going to sound funny, but I like that about me. Mm. And then I think, I wonder why I am that way. I like that. (gasps) Because I wrestled with that. Oh, I like that I can be this way. I like that I can try and be, I like to be artistic. I enjoy, I enjoy this and that. I wonder why I, whoa, I, because I was, I can wrestle with anxiety. And a lot of times people that have, you know, OCD anxiety have, now I don't, I'm not sure if this is true for me, girls, but they say high IQs. (laughs) Clearly. They do. (laughs) And I'm like, well, (laughs) you know. um, Artistic and full of compassion. Mm. And I, Mm -hmm. if I show any signs of that in my life, I like those things. Mm -hmm. And I know that they're coupled a lot of times with the makeup of someone who can be anxious. Mm. And I say, praise God. I Mm. love photography. I love people. And I, for some reason, have a beacon that just, or a sauna, what, what would you call it? You know, like, boop, 
Oh, like a radar? A radar. Mm -hmm. And you can just hone in on the person that just needs to laugh or have a hug because you, I don't know, you can pick up on it. And sometimes, you know, I'm not quite as in tune with that as I'd like to be, but I do believe that if you wrestle with anxiety in your life, those things come more naturally to you and it's Mm -hmm. kind of part of the makeup of that. So I'm, I'm grateful. Those are things I like about me. Yeah. I agree, Cass. I hate anxiety, and I would take <laughs> yours away in a heartbeat if I could yeah. and take my own and take yours, Camille's, if I could. Well, I but- wouldn't take yours. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No, yes, no, but would. seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but I know you would. No. Oh, you're nice. <laughs> because I've seen that. Again, not that you have to have suffered to be able to comfort people, oh, but when so. you have been broken and – Sometimes people who've been broken feel more comfortable sharing that with you. And so Mm -hmm. you have that opportunity to offer that compassion of being so broken and having to depend solely on the Lord. I mean, have years of needing God's help to tie my tennis shoes before I left the house in the morning. Mm -hmm. And so when he breaks you of that independence and you know that need of God for everything and that he can handle everything. And then you get to experience the blessing of being broken Mm -hmm. and experiencing Mm -hmm. God that way. And then that opportunity to see other people who are hurting and step in with, and I definitely don't get it right because this was all God's grace, but you're able to step in and say, Without fear, look at this person. Look at Jesus. He helped me. Oh, he yeah. met me there. He can meet you there. And, and it's he will. Not, and, and he, he will. will. And it's not giving mm-hmm. them me. It's that opportunity to say, okay, I know what it's like to need Jesus to tie your shoes. Like, I know mm-hmm. what pain is like. Like, here is Jesus. He can step into this with you and is with you. Mm-hmm. It's this. Like, and yeah, and you privilege. think, but Jesus doesn't get it. Oh, but does he? Have you been so anxious that you were bleeding out of your sweat ducts? Jesus did. Mm-hmm. So that he could sit there and on the mercy seat and look at you and say, I did that so I could get you. Mm-hmm. You know? I just, sometimes when you get bitter or you think, what is going on? I am so tired of this. Oh, you know. He knows. Mm-hmm. He knows. It was anxiety, an, an, an attack of sheer panic that brought blood to his face before he was crucified. Mm. So how nice to get to sit back and think, oh, he gets it. And he gets it on the intense level that I feel and more so. Mm. And that man gives you great courage to do the day, mm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I mean, what a... What a beautiful Savior mm-hmm. that he came and willingly did that. I know, Kathy, you said you take somebody else's anxiety. I am not so sure that I would, <laughs> um, but, but he did. Mm-hmm. He did, and he did mm-hmm. it with a full confidence of his love and his ability to do it perfectly, um, and knowing that the children he loved so dearly would walk into that and need his presence, and need Emmanuel, God, with us in those moments. Um, I'd love to know, how, how do you practically deal with anxiety on a daily basis? What are some 
I mean, I know you're not going to give us a magic one, two, three. Although you would if you could. I would. Um, But what are some things that you use or have been helpful for you in fighting anxiety? I think for me, there have been a variety of things. Uh, A few that I feel like are my regulars, my regular go-tos. One for me is to kind of catch it early because sometimes Mm -hmm. I can kind of see it coming and when Mm -hmm. it's going to spiral. And if I can catch it early and respond well, that makes a big difference. And I want to also say that I'm not just this total innocent victim in this. Sometimes I respond wrongly. I do Mm -hmm. things that exacerbate my anxiety. Like I am totally selfish. And anxiety pushes me towards selfishness because sometimes well, because it it's becomes all you can all think about, about me it's all you, you can yeah it becomes yeah. all about me and, and it's the I, nature of the beast yeah, yeah have to repent of that and come to the lord and say lord you've for example lord you've commanded me to do lots of things and i need to do mm-hmm. them i how can i love my neighbor how mm-hmm. can i do something practical for someone else call them bake mm-hmm. them cookies ask them how they're doing and again at times i may I don't feel like it, but sometimes I don't. And Mm. it's, well, what can I do that's consistent with what God wants me to do instead of letting my anxiety or emotions win? And one of the profound things for me that I read that somebody had written about Philippians 4, 8, where it talks about thinking on things that are true, honorable, right, pure, Mm -hmm. lovely, of good repute. Mm -hmm. And for me, thinking about things that are true, it's like, okay, well, what is actually true and real? Because quite often my anxiety will tell me something different than the truth. Mm -hmm. Right. Or begin to think what if, or Mm -hmm. begin to wonder what if. And I have to fight, okay, okay, well, what is true? Well, it's true that it's the morning and you need to get up and go to work. So (laughs) whether you feel like that or not, let's get up Uh and go do that. Mm -hmm. What is true about this situation, not what could be or maybe is Cassie mad at me or did this happen or what if I, (laughs) and, and like, well, I don't know any of those things to be true. So I need to not live consistent with that. Mm. And so doing what I need to do, even very normal things, because that is what is true and right and real and what I'm called to do, regardless of whether I feel like it or not. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But doing those things is very significant for me. And thankfully, I don't struggle as profoundly or significantly on a regular basis as I used to. But these are still things that are really helpful for me, whether Mm -hmm. it's a mild anxiety day or whether it's an extreme anxiety day. And to keep doing them, even if you've done them one time or 500 times or seemingly Mm -hmm. a thousand times, or for me, like it was for a decade of every day to keep by God's grace doing those things has been really significant for me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you said that, by God's grace, doing those things. It, I mean, it, is, I mean mm-hmm. it really is. It mm-hmm. totally, I mean, God's the one that helped me tie my shoes. He's the one that helped me memorize books of scripture. It is Emmanuel, like you said, mm-hmm. Camille. It is Emmanuel, God with us, mm-hmm. in me, through me, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cassie, what about you? Mm-hmm. What's been helpful for you? Well, Okay, I think back to where it was pretty intense. Um, so I <laughs> I thought I just, like what you said, Kathy, anxiety is just very much about you. You can't help it. It's, it's, it mm-hmm. is what it is. So my family and was so helpful to say, well, you just need to, you need to serve someone else. So it was a fun, not fun time in my life, but definitely um, fun in the fact that I was like, okay, well, I can I can drive, 
I will drive the van mm-hmm. for the Gladney Center. That's and so awesome. it was because cool. it was really all I could all I could do. Yeah. Um, and that was it. That was a neat time. So I remember just doing that and 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 asking people, tell me how you are, tell me that story, tell me because then I could just huh, get mm-hmm. out of my mind for a while if yeah. they would just engage with me about what they're doing and what their life is. Um, but going and serving others when I'm when you're really in the throes of it. Mm was very helpful. And, and it's called f- functioning through the feelings, like what Kathy was saying. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's bring this to God. Let's try and leave this to God, and let's move forward. Um, and some days you knock it out of the park, and other days you don't, and that's, yeah. and that's oh, yeah. okay. Now, for my life now, mm-hmm. obviously it's still something that creeps up, yeah. um, but it's a, little, it's a little bit better. Um, it's a lot better now, but... Uh, my husband and I still look at each other and I'll say, I'm, and I just need to tell him. It helps me. I just say, well, for me, we call it sticky brained. I'm, I'm oh, feeling like sticky brained. Okay. Or I'm, I'm anxious today. And he'll look at me and he'll go, just don't be anxious. <laughs> and we'll both throw our heads back and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> like, wouldn't that be great? So, um, wouldn't that be so nice? Just don't be yeah, anxious. Uh-huh. Just don't do it. Just don't be anxious. Have, <laughs> you, have you tried not? <laughs> yes. It's, it's so easy. Um, Telling him has been a blessing. Telling somebody, today I was sticky brained. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It's just taking a little bit of the burden and putting it somewhere else. And I feel like mm. to the people that can take that burden, just a little bit, you were, okay, I'm here for you. Thanks. Mm. Now I'm going to go make some mac and cheese for my kids. Like yeah. the next thing on the list, function through the feelings, um, has awesome, always kind of been good for me. All another interesting thing that has helped me when I'm anxious are audiobooks. Oh, nice. You know? Yeah. Now, sadly enough, you're going to giggle. I cannot watch many movies. They have to be black and white with Cary Grant preferably oh. for me to not walk away sticky-brained. Hmm. Um certain shows mo- most of the time I have to watch HGTV mm-hmm. or a black and white old classic movie or the most cheesy cozy mystery book on audio that you've like ever heard of. Like what was the point of that? Well, they bake scones and then there's a murder across the street in the rose garden. And everything is just beautiful and there's baking. And then they figure out the murder. And, and I for some reason it takes my head off of it, oh but goodness. it's it's definitely easy on, on on my brain. Yeah. Praying, of course, and then trying to leave it there. But then knowing I have to function through the feelings, but this thought is still there. What can be detrimental to anxiety is trying to reason the thought away. Mm. Um, so I like to visualize it like this. I have these, I'm anxious. I don't know why. I'm just anxious. I have this thing that I'm just trying to work out in my mind. So I'm going to put on my hat and I'm going to go throughout my day, and I'm just going to wear this hat, and it's bothersome, and it has these feathers that hang off of it and little pokey things, and, but I still have to wear it. I'm going to the grocery store, and I'm blowing these feathers off, and it's bothering me. Well, then the next day you go and you think, yeah, I'm still a little anxious, but you realize you put the hat on, and it's shrunk, and there's less feathers, and it's not quite as creepy. And then you think, but I'm still, it's still there. Mm-hmm. Hello. I see you, mm-hmm. but I'm still moving forward. 
And then the next day you realize that it's even smaller. And then the next day it's gone because you tried your best to acknowledge, leave it at the foot of God, Mm. tell somebody about how you're feeling and keep moving. Mm. And some days, like I said, you you do good at those steps. Other days you don't. And that's okay because His grace covers all of that. And Mm. I want to pick up on what you said, Cass, about people in your life that were so significant for you. And I will say too, one of the things that's been profoundly helpful for me is those people that were really long suffering with me that Mm. just stayed with me. And some of them may have experienced anxiety and some of them may not. Like like I texted Cass a couple weeks ago because we're friends, not just in podcast life, but in real life. And I was like, I really hate that you've been through this, but I love that you get it and we can talk Mm. to each other and kind of get it. But there have also been some people that just were so kind to me and even believed in me and mm-hmm. more than I did because mm-hmm. I was kind of at times afraid of myself or scared of stuff, even though I never did anything remotely questionable or that I was afraid right. I might do or I would get panicked right. about. I didn't do any of that. But those people around me that treated me normal, that mm. asked me to do things like, hey, will you babysit my kids? And I'm like, okay, well, you must think I'm okay if you're asking me to babysit your kids. Or will you teach this? Or will you lead this? And those people that were so kind enough to know your story, but to see what God was doing in you and Mm -hmm. to see the good in you and to acknowledge that and give Mm -hmm. you opportunities Mm -hmm. and pull that out. And when you could Mm -hmm. tell them these weird things or hard things, and then they would just treat you like normal. It was, it communicated to me that it, that I was okay and I was going to be okay by God's grace. And so like you talked about with your husband, just having those people, friends, and I'm so grateful for those friends that, and family that just continued to do that day after day and year after year, it Mm -hmm. was incredibly influential for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you think about those people that were in your life that walked those roads with you, what would you want to tell somebody who is walking with somebody with anxiety? Maybe they have a child with anxiety or a friend with anxiety. What is something that you would really want to communicate to them to help them be the person that can give hope and normalcy to a very chaotic time? Well, like I said, I, I, that's a great question, Camille. Um, hormones can play a big part in anxiety. So sixth grade was for me, coming out of college, that's another bell curve. They say, mm. you know, all. And for me, it was pretty um, textbook when it, comes, when it comes to that. So I will go back and just address anybody who has beautiful kids that seem to wrestle with anxiety. And I look back and I think, who was a god to me? Not not my savior, but the the steadfast rock that held it together. And for me, it was you know my my family. So, if you have somebody that's smaller and that's hurting, and you can tell that it's really hard, um, my family never showed that they were frightened mm. for me. Yeah. It was very much like yeah, yeah. I'd say, am I gonna? Am I gonna be okay? Yeah. What do you? Of course you are. (laughs) What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Let's go to soccer practice. Oh, okay, okay. Like what you said, Kathy, when you were like Mm -hmm. people ask you to do things because they're like, yeah, because Kathy's awesome. 
Yeah. Because when you're in it, you're very much. You don't feel awesome. You don't feel. <laughs> right. You feel like, well, listen, I am a waste of space up in here. Mm-hmm. And that is just not it. So I encourage the people that might think, what's going on? To not show what's going on. Mm. I'm sure, like, it's frightening and it's strange and you can discuss that. But when you're around that sweet person or small person, to show that you are not rattled Mm. was huge. And then to say tons of encouragement. Oh my gosh, you did that. Rad. I'm I'm so proud. Oh yeah, you're so good at this. Because truly... There's points where you feel, if you're really in it, that you just don't do anything well because mm-hmm. um, you can't. So to have that was a huge, huge blessing. Um, as I hit the older phases mm. of it, when I was older, to have somebody look at me and say to me, you are this way. Look at all the beauty that comes from being that way. And they would name all of the people in history that wrestled with anxiety and they were amazing people. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, what? Yes. Did you know that? So I had no clue. Well, there you go. Did you know your IQ is probably higher than? No. I just thought I was a waste of space. No. Did you know that you're going to bring more art to this world? You have more compassion than? My- no. And the people that don't wrestle with anxiety have their other strengths that they bring in. This isn't you know, this isn't a steadfast true for everybody who wrestles with anxiety. Right. But for me, when I was young, you're going to be good. God is good. I'm not scared. Mm. When I was older, I still needed someone to say, yeah, you're going to be good. Because <laughs> yeah. I lost many jobs. Mm. So like for them to say, oh, yeah, you're going to work. I never thought I would work. Mm-hmm. I couldn't work. And I own my own business. And it is good. Yeah. You know, and it's amazing to me to look back and go, I'm not probably ever going to work. So I'm just going to have to sit at home. And they were like, no, yeah, you're going to be great. You're going to work. Oh, you really think so? I promise. You promise me. I promise you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going on almost 20 years of a, of a small business that I just love. So it's so neat. But then somebody, like I said, when I was older, saying, Look at the people. Look at what it pairs you with. Your makeup in God is really quite beautiful. Yeah. So you're beautiful. And I like this about you. And that really helped me mm-hmm. along with cozy mysteries. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I love a good snort. It fits in well with my personality. Um, I know... Kathy, you mentioned that people were long-suffering with you, um, and I'm so grateful that the Lord knew that we would need people, mm-hmm. and He knew that He would need people who were also broken and in different ways, and He uses those people at the right time with the right words by His grace, like you mm-hmm. said, Kathy, um, to encourage people in the midst of those times when they really need to see the goodness of the Lord and the hope that can come at the end of a really long, dark tunnel. Um, And for me, that is what this conversation has been today. I have been so encouraged to hear your stories and to know that um, there is so much good fruit 
that comes at the end of suffering. Mm-hmm. And while I am just immensely sad that we have to go through those periods of suffering, I'm so grateful to the Lord that He allows us those glimpses of goodness at the end um, and in the middle. And sometimes yes. at the beginning, if we're really trying hard to, to look see for it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I just want to say thank you so much for being here and for being willing to share. Um, oh, yeah. And I would just love to end our time just saying a prayer to the Lord to thank Him. Please right. do. Yes. God, you are our sovereign and good rock. You are a fortress around us, um, and you gave us a perfect and beautiful, long-suffering Savior to come and rescue us, and we praise you for that. I thank you for your truth. I thank you that we get to run to you and your word and to the throne in, in prayer, and that you desire to hear us, and you respond in your kindness and in your timing. I ask that our words would be an encouragement to each other, and that most of all, they would honor you. And I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.